Good evening, Mendonesia. This is Doug Livingston, and I'm here solo. Actually, we were hoping for this pledge drive show to have uh, to have Jeff Oldham, a longtime co-host who's retired from the radio, so to speak, uh, and enjoying life. Uh, on to reminisce about how, you know, the renewable energy has changed over the time he's been in the business, because he's actually been in the business longer than Alex, my co-host, or, or I have been. Um, not, not a lot more now that time rolls on, but back when I first got into it professionally, he was a veteran. Um, and uh, we were going to reminisce over not just how renewable energy has changed over the past... 30 years, but uh, how how the Renewable Energy Hour has has existed and and changed over the past 25 years. I can't believe we this show has been on this radio station for 25 years. I've I've actually uh, only been in the county uh, what 26 years. Um, so the radio station's been going 31 years longer than I've been in the county, but. Uh, uh, Jeff, I'm afraid, uh, oh, we were also going to talk to him about things he was excited about because he has more time on his hand in his retirement to, uh, have fun playing on the internet and following up on crazy cool things. Uh, and so he's always sending me links of, of fun stuff that he finds online. Um, but he had the realization that tonight is his anniversary so hopefully he's not listening to this and is enjoying time with Vicky, um, and and I'm glad he realized that, or he would have been in a bad place with Vicky. And as sweet as she is, I wouldn't want her mad at me. But anyhow, happy anniversary, Jeff and Vicky. Um, and uh, at about the same time, I received notice from Alex that he's on a job far away and gonna be working late and not gonna be able to get back in time for the show so I am doing a solo show of a completely different topic uh, the topic is gonna be listener call-in um, hopefully has something at least tangentially re relevant to renewable energy um, you know, I, I'm uh, the physics geek, so now would be a great time to, you know, want to talk about nuclear fusion inside those beautiful stars we're seeing out there tonight or, um, you know, distinctions between that and nuclear fission, what we use for energy here on Earth. Uh, maybe you want to talk about something from from one of our previous shows. We were talking about grid stability and, you know, overbuilding the solar and generating hydrogen when the solar wasn't needed to be able to run the the off-peak plants or the peaker plants uh, you know the overnight plants and and the ones that have to come on temporarily to meet peak demands when when the solar or wind aren't keeping up um, there there are lots of different possible solutions out there and I'd love to talk about all of those uh, but perhaps before you call into the show at 895-2448 you might call in to renee who's sitting out there all by herself hardly got any calls during the news block because there wasn't any active pitching make her happy make sure she feels like she didn't waste a whole bunch of time and give a call to 895-2233 to call in a pledge to support financially this gem of a radio station that's a great phrase for it um if you're really old school uh 
and and want to send in a check, P.O. Box 1, Philo, California, 95466. Or you can go to kzyx.org and hit the donate button, uh, big red button, I think, top right of the page, the main kzyx.org page, and uh, it'll lead you through that. And there are a bunch of thank you gifts for pledging at certain amounts and and... You can check those out if that's something that helps motivate you to do it. But one way or another, do it. Uh, all right. Well, we've got callers into the studio line, so let's have a go. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Are you there? Oops. I got the wrong one potted up. My apologies. Are you oh, there? Can you hear me okay? Yep, I can hear you now. That was my bad. Got it. No worries. Cool. Um, thanks for being there. Um what I have two questions. One is, um, can you give me some search terms or something to look up how I would tie in a hot water heater to a passive kind of solar collector, solar solar unit, not like solar electricity, but passive solar water heater. Okay, when, when, when you say... Plus a, um, tying it into the wood stove. Okay, there, there are several different issues there. One is when you say passive... Uh, in my old school interpretation, that means there's no pump. Do you mean that? Okay. No, not necessarily. I just mean not like a not not photovoltaics, not solar electric. Um, yeah. Uh, and are are you off the grid? Well, I will be once we we go that direction. Okay. This is uh, you. You want to be off the grid? Uh, yeah. Planning now. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh, uh, my, there are, there are a whole bunch of different issues, and, and if you just look up domestic hot water or domestic solar hot water, you will find all kinds of links. Uh, most of them will be sales pitches. Um, uh, you could certainly go to some old magazine archives of of oh god, if you uh, do do Home Power magazine, although you may have to pay a fee to get access to all their old articles on on doing that, but. Uh, you basically need, uh, you know, you're going to need a, a, what? I'm trying to do some math in my head. Um, you know, I, it, it depends on how much water you're needing, but you'll need one or two, you know, typical big collectors. And, um, and the issues become around here. Are you, are you freeze vulnerable? I'm well. I hope to be kind of near the coast, kind of banana belt area where we might get a freeze every once in a while. But how how, how often is every like you know once every ten years sort of thing? Uh yeah, whatever. If we were like three miles in okay. off the coast, you know, whatever that would be. Uh, Maybe it's once a year. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, once a year is getting getting more expensive in terms of of what you would need to do to keep it from freezing. Um, those things are radiating to three degree Kelvin space and can cool down seriously. Um, and freeze is a pain in the butt if you crack pipes. Uh, so sort of the first... Well, I'm thinking this would all be inside the house. Um, the, solar greenhouse. the solar collector yeah. would be inside the house? Seriously. Yeah, I mean, could it be like inside a greenhouse or... Uh, it Does could, it, it could, but the greenhouse itself is cutting down your your gain, so, okay, to some degree. Um, 
and presumably there's value to that space that you're taking away. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd recommend having that exterior? Yeah, I'd recommend having it on the roof and and probably the cheapest freeze protection, although you probably want to replace it every time it needs to get used as a dribble valve. And uh, that's just when when it gets to a certain temperature, it starts dripping water onto the roof. So you'll waste some water during that freeze, but uh, you won't crack your pipes because okay, warm cool. water will be coming up from underneath. The much more expensive solutions are what they call drain down or drain back. They're two different sort of related versions that basically empty the collectors. Uh, when the sun's not out. Can you out. do a pipe and a pipe, like an antifreeze surrounding a, a water pipe? Yes, and that uh, was the other, and probably the most common, because it's you know, maybe the least complicated, uh, is to, uh, you have a heat exchanger, um, and often this involves two pumps, one circulating through the solar collectors and one circulating water from the, from the storage tank through a heat exchanger. And the stuff going through the collectors is propylene glycol. That's a food grade antifreeze, and uh, and I think by law you need to have a double walled heat exchanger, which is a safety precaution, but it reduces your efficiency a little bit. Um, and that's probably the most common hardcore freeze protection. These days. And so that's basically you have a water line running through the heat exchanger that's got the, the hot antifreeze right. heating the exactly. water. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then, so that sounds really cool. Um, I'll look into that. And then, what about? Have you heard any like slick systems or just names of products or whatever that would tie hot water into a wood stove? Um, you're going to have legal issues with that. Uh, the safety, really? the safety stuff involved is pretty hardcore. Um, certainly, the hippies in the wood in the old days. You know, I knew people who would, you know, wrap copper tubing around the the chimney the stack on yeah. the on the stove. Um, there's several issues going on here, um, and and typically, if you did a even a solar water heated system. Uh, if it was capable of heating the water to high, high temperatures, there has to be some way to stop that. Um, you know, one silly way, it's kind of like the dribble valve, the cheap and not very good solution is just to rely on the pressure relief valve in your storage tank to blow out steam pressure and water when it overheats. That's crazy. Um, so hopefully you've got some sort of pumping system that, that okay. stops before that happens. Um, and uh, uh, this, that sort of issue is really supreme with the wood stove heat exchange. So, you know, if you're doing something like that, you would definitely, and in fact, a, a really good thing if you can heat really hot with your source, you know, the standard, you know, electric water heater or gas water heater, its thermostat doesn't go above 160 degrees. And if, okay. you, if you take it up to 150, God forbid, 212, there are going to be problems. Yeah. Um, it's a bomb. Uh, well, you've, you're going to have a pressure relief valve. They're cheap, and that avoids yeah. the bomb, but that's not a good solution. Better yet, a thermostat that that stops 
the circulation and drains it. But uh, uh, there are other issues with wood stoves. It's uh, on the, on that vent stack there, where you're coiling around the the chimney. You're stealing uh-huh. he- you're stealing heat out of the flue, which reduces your draw. And probably more serious is you're condensing nasty corrosive condensates at a, a serious rate there, and you're going to corrode the st- the stovepipe and uh, oh. build up creosote faster where you're cooling the the stovepipe. So the, you're, that's in if it's inside if it's, a pipe? No, that's typically wrapped around the outside. Uh, inside, okay. inside, the copper tube is going to die in, in virtually no time from the corrosive environment. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the, the best solution I've seen, and it's certainly not, you know modern code but it was used in northern california quite a bit was uh the holly hydro heater um and that was for retrofitting inside the actual stove itself and not in the flue and it was all stainless steel (coughs) excuse me and there's legal issues with that too well i mean the code issues are going to get weird because of all these safety issues and longevity and longevity issues um so, so the best way to heat water is there. There, to, there are actually some wood stoves that are certified for heating water. Okay, and it's built in. Um, but uh, uh, I, I have to on the air caution you on that. Um, if yeah. You, if, okay. Uh, and and off air, I'd caution you about all these things yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> As a friend, <laughs> uh, but it's well, a, it's an awesome source of heat. And other callers. I'd love to grab it, um, but but legal and cost wise, there there are a bunch of issues involved. Heads up. Great. Well, that that really helps. So thank you so much. Sure and, enough, uh, I'll be careful and look into it. Appreciate all right. It. Take care. Bye bye. We're at 895-2448 or 895-2233 to support the radio station. Hey, caller, can you hang on just a second? Certainly. Uh, One thing I didn't mention to people was we have a a matching grant. That might motivate somebody to call. Uh, Somebody uh, in our our mass mailing during the quiet drive sent back a pledge of $250 if... At least $250 of other people pledged during the Renewable Energy Hour. They explicitly required it to be the Renewable Energy Hour. They're anonymous, and I don't know who they are, but uh, I thank them. And hopefully somebody else will call in to 895-2233 to meet that that, uh, matching pledge. Um, And you don't have to do it all at once. You know, if we could do it with... Two or five people calling in. That's awesome, too. All right, caller, thanks for your patience. What's on your mind? Well, I wanted to share a little bit of the hot water uh, comment from that, uh, from your uh, first caller, I guess. It was your first caller. Yep. Uh, so I, I have to tend to agree with you with a lot of the safety things, but I have found that um, I'm able to preheat my water um, around my wood-burning stove without actually putting a copper coil or a stainless box inside the 
stove or even actually wrapping it around the flue. Cool. Um, there's a space in the corner behind my stove uh, the bricks and the uh, fire safe wall is that always carry lot there's always a lot of heat in that corner so um i put uh, 50 foot of 3 8 copper tubing back behind there just looping and, it back um, and forth back and forth back and forth that i uh, just yeah i can i can you know i have it on wheels and it's 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 set up on a on a um a metal screen and i can roll it away from the back of my wood burning stove and i can roll it up to the back of the wood burning stove it's not in it it's close enough to it it's not quite touching it and then i can go over to and then my renai flash water heater um when i go to uh turn it on for a shower for my kitchen sink or whatever the water does not take nearly as long to get hot it's already pretty much warm by the time it gets to the flash heater. So I've actually been using my wood-burning stove to preheat the water, not above a temperature that would need a blow-by valve or, or anything like that. And um, I think I save close to $100 worth of propane in about a five-month period. Wow. Um, have you ever thought about uh, preheating to a tank that the Renai would draw from? Uh, the Renai was drawing from, I, I didn't catch that last, the Renai Oops. was drawing from a, a water tank. Oh, good, good. That's what I was outside. asking. So I, I, it sounded, when you first described it, that the Renai was just drawing through those copper tubes, feeding the input of the Renai. But you're you're actually circulating from those copper tubes to a large tank, and the Renai is drawing from the tank, right? No. My no. large tank is up the hill, gravity-fed. Oh, Okay. To a copper coil behind my wood burning okay. stove. Okay, so it is going straight not from the coil. In not in my wood burning stove, and not wrapped around the flue. Well, what Just, I was what I was asking was, have you ever considered circulating from your your air to fluid heat exchanger to a storage tank and be able to save up, I you do. know, forty gallons of of preheated water that your Renai would then top off. I do during the summertime when I switch to a tank because of how hot it is with the sun, I'm able to actually not use any gas at all during the summertime to heat my water. Oh, how are you heating, uh, how are you heating in the summer? Uh, I put uh, 900 feet of half-inch high-grade thick-wall utility tubing into a solar oven, and I flash heat the water through the solar oven. Um, Did I lose you? Well, and that's going to a tank? No. I thought you said you used a tank in the summer. Well, it goes, to, yes, it goes to a tank, a small um, tank that I got out of a motorhome. It's about six gallons, I think. Huh. Um. So I built a solar oven, and then instead of cooking food inside of it, I put utility tubing inside of it. Um, half-inch uh, black utility tubing, really thick wall, high-grade, 900 feet of it. And then I packed some, so 
ceramic soapstone around it because soapstone tends to hold heat for a really uh, long time. So you get you time. get you get warm water in the evening too. So there's your storage tank is in the soapstone, not in a in a storage tank. So that's what I was trying to get at. Is right. I'm not storing water. I'm storing the heat. yeah. Well, have you considered soapstone. you know circulating either of these two sources to a to a tank where you could you know accumulate you know 40 gallons of hot water um i kind of wanted to keep it I, I was trying to build a solar flash hot water heater the first passive solar flash hot water heater that's what i was trying to do um and with the 900 feet you know i think i i think i got about 18 or 19 gallons of water inside of there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a tank, I guess. So, um, so if I go out, at, let's say at like one o'clock in the morning on the summer evening, one o'clock in the morning, I get up and go out there, and I, I go and turn it on. The soapstone will still be reading about 160 degrees inside your oven. Wow, that's awesome. So then you run 900 how, feet. How, how many the, square feet is your collector? Um, it's a it's a kiddie pool. It's a four foot uh, plastic kiddie pool. Only four foot. Wow. It's a four foot kiddie pool with a piece of quarter inch plexiglass on top of it. And and insulated and soap stoned, and piped and piped and piped and piped. Did I lose you? Looks like we... Oh, there he goes. Hey! Renee is in the house. Is she here to uh, thank or to harangue? Uh, well... <laughs> well, I We shouldn't be say, haranguing. I must say we haven't received any calls towards that $250 challenge. Um, yeah, so I just came in to... Um, let everyone know that we are still in the KZYX flash drive. We just started it today. We have been having, probably most of you know if you've been listening, we have been having a quiet drive for the last um, two months. And now it's time to wrap up that the, the fall fundraising. So we're having what we're calling uh, flash drive. And um, so far towards that flash drive, we have $69,028. And we're trying to get about $50,000 more in the next few days. So just trying to wrap up our fall fundraising. And um, so I just want to let everyone know that you can call now and you can support the Renewable Energy Hour um, and support this show. And you can make any size donation towards the $250 challenge that we have for Doug. And essentially double our money. Exactly. Everyone who calls now doubles their money and it will go towards a good cause. Um, I wanted to ask real quick, too, Doug, since I have you on the spot, how long have you been hosting the Renewable Energy Show for? Uh, I think 19 years now. Wow. Uh, a little more than, well, actually, just a hair more than 19 years. Okay, wow, that's um, like, and you're obviously very knowledgeable to be able to do a live on-air consultant. You know, I've been, of a been show. doing this stuff for way too long. I designed my <laughs> I designed and installed my first solar electric system in 19 well, I designed it in 1982 and installed it in 1983 when somebody came up for a grant at an experimental student housing facility. And I've been told recently it was the first permitted residential solar job in Ohio. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. So 
I just want to say to those of you out there listening that um, having this type of a program available to you is very valuable, probably to a lot of you that are listening. All, all, all 50 of us. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. that tease it as the geek hour. We go we go over the top sometimes on the geekiness. Well, that, I can tell that. Um, you know, But it is actually probably very interesting to a lot of people listening. Mm. So if you're inspired by this show and you want to contribute towards the $250 challenge, which is from an actual person and... I think from Ukiah, and actually, sorry, I can't remember who who actually um, They're anonymous. put forth this challenge. But yeah, they are anonymous, the family of anonymous. And you can give us a call right now, and I'll answer the phone at 707-895-2233. Um, or you can donate online if you don't want to talk. Who um, wouldn't want to talk to Renee? <laughs> um, KZYX.org. And, uh, and please uh, support this type of programming on KZYX. It's, it's really important. So thanks, Doug. Thank you. And and hopefully we'll be able to thank someone out there for calling in. That's and right. So we make it feel like that 19 years is worthwhile That's and right. we're, we're needed and wanted. Yep. So 707-895-2233. And if you want to join us on the air, 707-895-2448. And hopefully this person has been very patient. Hello, caller. Are you there? Hello, thank you for being so patient. I put you on hold a long time ago. <laughs> uh, well, this is Charlie Hochberg. Hey, Charlie. And uh, I've had a... Well, my house runs on solar, but as does the hot water, and it's not through an electric heater. It's through a solar heater, and no pump... Just, just thermosiphon. If, if, if you want to, um, hey, hey Charlie, do you have the radio on in the background? I'm hearing an echo of you. Oh, no, that's right. Excuse me. Let me get that rid of that. But I was going to say that fellow who called you that was curious if he's if he's down in Anderson Valley at some point. Um, I could and, and wanted to stop by. I could show him. <laughs> how how would he get in touch with you? We pretty much. How would he get in touch with you? How would he get in touch with you? Eight nine five two four four eight. You can ask anybody at the station. Pretty much. Oh okay okay cool. Oh no, I'm sorry. I just gave you your number. Yeah. Eight nine five two nine five zero. Oh okay. I thought you yeah, did that I, on purpose. I used to have my wood stove connected. Did you have a Holly Hydro? Or did you do some fun Charlie Hochberg special? Of what? Of the, the wood stove water heat. Oh, no. I, I used just a regular wood stove and bored a couple of holes in the side. And, and, what'd you, and so you put and in a heat, heat, heat connector against the back wall. Of the wood stove. So you that had works great. you had a heat collector inside the actual burn box. Inside the actual burn box. And what material did you use for your for your metal? For, for the metal, I um, I, I used in, inside the box. I, I used uh, copper. Regular copper tubing. Iron. Oh, iron. No, oh, you did iron. Okay, that would last longer yeah, than the copper. Everything was copper. <laughs> uh -huh. Well. Various, but you can see I've I've been I've I've been I I don't like 
battery technology too much. They installed a whole lot of battery systems and um, the fact, not too fond of at least lead-acid batteries. Yeah, well, if they get abused, it's a problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to uh, save up some money to get something else, but um, I've been darn near breaking even. My house is on the solar. Yes, but you don't have batteries. No, I don't have batteries. And, that, that, and I, that's way I more economic. I... I I put the I put the collectors in quite near a um, PG&E power line, and I set it up so when it hit a certain state, you know, of everything, <laughs> it would put power into PG&E lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's then, that's typical of a grid The problem was their um, their their fees, their their line usage fees have gone way up since yeah. I started. Yeah, yeah, and and the peak rates have come down. Solar, so much solar has gone in that uh, yeah, that the, that the peak rates are no longer nearly as hard for them to meet because solar is meeting them for them, and so the peak pricing that solar was so sweet at matching is is not as good as it used to be. But still, power has gone up, and it's right. still a pretty good deal even with those line usage fees. And the line usage fees aren't they pretty much exclusively for net over production? That that it's I, it's based. I, I you you make more you make more per year. Anything I use out of the net, and anything I put into the net. Yeah. Okay. And which just frustrates frustrates me to death because they don't pay me anything for electricity. No. <laughs> have to, uh, well, they 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 do, but they charge you a transmission fee. Um, they charge me a transmission fee. Um, no, they don't which, pay me for they don't pay me for the electricity. Well, they credit you for the electricity. Well, they don't exactly credit me. They just don't. They charge my house less. Well, no, they they credit you pretty much zeroes out. They credit you for the overflow, um, kilowatt they, they hour. They do. They do, but that's just the energy charges that get offset, not the transmission charges. Right. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I have it. And 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 the more the more solar goes in, the more it'll be like this, and the more uh, cost-effective batteries are going to be. Well, and, and as as the price of lithium ions come down, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they start, you know, convincing even skeptic me. For on the grid people, I'm still I'm still nervous about jumping on batteries, but uh, off the grid people don't I, don't know, have a choice. I don't. I don't. Especially lead acid batteries, which I've used in since, as a matter of fact, '82 when I put in my first commercial solar system for somebody. But lead acid batteries only choice are a pain to maintain as well as being um, nasty. They are, um, and if you don't treat them. Well, you will kill them early, and they will not be 
the cheapest option. But if you treat them no. well, uh, you know, the way I look at the numbers, you know, the 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 costs come out pretty similar to the lithium ions, which you don't have to treat well. Well, actually, there are ways you have to treat them well, too. Um, but, uh, but that's only based on manufacturer's claims. We haven't seen them in the field long enough to know. So I'm still nervous about, you know, wholeheartedly yeah. recommending lithium ion. But that's where we're going. That's, there's no doubt we're leaving lead acid yeah. and going that's to lithium ion. Buying, but it's just... I'm not. I'm not convinced they're there yet. Uh, but I've always joked that you know when I taught solar classes and things, I would, I would joke that uh, um, I have seen you know 27 miracle batteries over the past 30, 40 years promised to me, and none of them came through. I mean, they all ended up falling shy of what they were claiming on paper. And uh, the lead acid still was the most economic if treated properly. And, uh, and I joked that when the Miracle battery comes out, I'm going to miss the boat by at least five years. But at least I didn't go down with the boat the other 27 times. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, pumping it back into the system makes me feel good because it... It is good. I... I, I wish I wish they didn't have uh, I wish they didn't have the penalty uh, uh, transmission charges on it. I, I, yeah, they should give you positive transmission charges when you're putting it in. Yeah, they're, you're actually offsetting their transmission costs because it's going to your neighbor. It's not going out on the you know long distance transmission lines. Yep. But hey, I got multiple other calls, Charlie. I'm sure. Take care. Hey, thank Thanks you. Good, good call. Thanks. Bye, bye. You bet. Bye. Oops. One of them that I just had on hold dropped off. But, oh, and yet another one dropped off. So we had three lines full seven seconds ago, and now we have no lines. 895-2448. Give another try, and this time you'll go right on the air. And incidentally, people, uh, if you find you can hear the radio show uh, suddenly on your phone, that means you got put on hold and uh, I won't be able to hear you. And so if you're asking, hey, do you hear me? Do you hear me? And then finally give up and hang up, that's where we get all these dropped calls. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Oh, hi. I'm um, actually calling about home biogas systems, but I just wanted to mention that um, 35 years ago, I drilled a hole in the back of my big steel stove and plumbed in eight feet of iron pipe iron to take it along the side and uh, straight up uh, to the second floor where I bought a, an electric water heater only for the storage storage and the orifices mm -hmm. connections mm -hmm. put a put a pressure relief valve on the top of that and um, I crank out Tons of heat and, did, and hot water all winter. Did you do it by thermosiphon or with a pump that circulates? Thermosiphon, no, no. Gravity yeah. feed everything. Uh, I'm, I well, the, the thermosiphon's different than gravity feed, but... Yeah, and outside I used um, a swimming pool preheater um, on a piece of plywood underneath a piece of glass from a sliding glass door i got it <laughs> this is sounding like it, my summer shower well it works really well yeah. um and you know if you take your showers in the afternoon i don't have a storage like that soapstone 
Um, oh no, but your collection. storage your storage tank. Uh, yeah, and it lasts with a blanket around it. It it so it's great. Well, in the most summer. most and modern electric water heaters nine have nine months of the year. I burn the wood, yeah. but it, what, the reason I called was that I've seen on uh, YouTube um, various simple little backyard home biogas. Mm-hmm. Um, We've had shows on biogas before. Uh, how big were uh, were the well, fermenting chambers these, in these um, things? Pre-made. They look like five feet wide by five feet tall mm-hmm. by maybe mm-hmm. I don't know three feet. But anyway, you can put them in your backyard. It's anaerobic. You punch in your kitchen scraps and your animal manure mm-hmm. and your whatever. You can put all kinds of um, biodegradable stuff and people just get their heat they can cook their food on this yeah it's and diffi- what i'm interested in is how about for refrigeration do you have to pressurize it to have a constant source for a refrigerator you're talking about a, a propane type refrigerator yeah um that's a huge amount of daily energy uh if oh. you compare if you compare the amount of gas burned by a typical propane refrigerator compared to the amount of gas burned by a typical propane stove there's no comparison oh yeah i wonder how much you need um i mean we produce a ton of um a biodegradable stuff in our forest well it we- if you make enough, uh, I mean, you could you could conceivably run that fridge. You'd have to run the numbers. There are all kinds of. If you searched online for for biogas, you would find lots of how to home build, and you could scale it yourself and get an idea for what mixes of things. There are, there are millions in China and India. Um, and uh, oh shoot, I remember encountering one when I was putting in a hydro off grid hydroelectric system in in. Uh, Costa Rica, you know, they they wanted the power shed in the old pig house, and it was a little tiny. That couldn't have been more than two or three pigs in there. Um, but that's where they wanted the batteries and inverters. Nobody had pigs anymore. And I realized that the concrete slab had been built as sort of a containment pool with you know edges, but on one side there was a drain in that edge wall, and there was a little tiny you know seven foot deep, three foot wide pond there with a barely open top and and i realized that that was they were draining their their pig manure into this chamber and fermenting anaerobically and that was what was generating their cooking gas and and, just for cooking like you say you don't need very much i mean you you don't need much pressure for gas in general australia and india small families yeah the, the methane is lighter than air and wants to rise uh, I've seen I've seen systems that were so simple as you know a a pit in the ground with a tarp staked down at the edges <laughs> and they pulled it up into a cone and you know hose clamped a tube to a hole in the tarp and ran that up to their kitchen stove. Oh, I love it. Well, um, I was hoping that the Harwood granddaughter who was talking about doing some kind of biomass generation plant on a big scale up at the Harwood Mill would um, actually get it off the ground, but I haven't heard anything lately. Do you know anything about that? They wanted to do a biogas digester? 
Yeah, the um, cool from the old Harwood Mill in Branscombe. The granddaughter, evidently, um, was well, going you, you to can, uh, do you can, that you years can, ago. <laughs> you can do it with sewage. There are there are, there are municipalities in the country. I believe uh, uh, Arcata is one where they've they've re- they've changed over from the open aerobic fermentation of their sewage treatment plant to a anaerobic digester. Um, landfills do this too. The, the landfill next to you know near my where I grew up, uh, the gas is going into a generator and grid tide. And so, uh, people can pay for the gas. Whatever kind it is, natural gas, methane gas. Well, it's methane is the biggest constituent of natural gas, and this isn't quite the same as regular natural gas. It has a fair amount of carbon dioxide, which is inert, so you wouldn't bill it the same. Typically, uh, you know, in those dumps and in those sewage treatment plants, they take the gas and clean it of a little hydrogen sulfide, which is corrosive, and run it through a generator. Doesn't make quite as much energy per cubic foot as a methane would, but it's still free, you know, input fuel, and that goes on to the electric grid. Why don't more, why, why isn't this more widespread? It's, I mean, it's, ex- think it's expensive, and that could be it's expensive. If we had a carbon tax, it would happen a lot quicker. Okay. Hey, well, I, I've got multiple other callers. Thank you. Bye. And I think Renee has something to say before I pick up another caller. Hey, caller, if you're listening, I'm putting you on hold. Don't hang up. Uh, well, that was actually very interesting. I, it makes total sense, I think, to, to make energy out of methane and other gases. But aside from that, um, yeah, we would like, we do have someone to thank. Yay! Yes, we'd like to thank uh, Lawrence from Philo. Helping us get towards that goal of two hundred and fifty dollars, uh, well, there's, challenge of two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, we still have that out there, so anyone who can call and make an additional donation will get their money doubled and go towards that two hundred and fifty dollars challenge. Um, and they say KZYX is a great station; it's all they can get here in Philo. Listen all the time, and they really appreciate the station. And then also made a comment: um, all they can get out here in the four by four. Or the five by four, and I wasn't quite sure if that was something you would know. I didn't write it down. Sorry. Say, say it again. I, <laughs> All they can get out here in the the four by four, and then the five by four, or whatever the saying is. So anyway, I, I wasn't sure. I don't know Maybe the it saying. was a reference that you would know. But anyway, thank you, Lawrence, for your donation. Hey, thank you. And yay, Philo. Yes, and uh, yeah, yay, Philo. We are in Philo. And um, and that's going towards the two hundred fifty dollars challenge. So which there's still room on. Yeah. So so you can double your money if you call now. You can give us a call seven zero seven eight nine five two two three three. I know it's a little bit um, when we have two different phone numbers going out over the air. It's a little bit confusing. But if you want to call and make a donation eight nine five two two three three, or you can do it online at kzyx.org. Yeah, call call Renee, and if you're trying to call into the studio, it's 895-2448. And somebody just called, but hopefully the person I put on hold a while ago is still there. Yep, carry on. Oh, Oh, no. They're not there. (laughs) Well, I got back up. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. 
Yeah, I, I have a couple of comments. One is my mom lived in Casper for 35 years, and she had a wood stove that was attached to a pipe where she could take baths, and every day. For so, so years, did the pipe? She, she did didn't the have pipe? Any other heat and cooking? And did the pipe go her, into the stove? Hot water for dishes and laundry. Did the pipe and go into the stove? It, it just had a pipe in the wood stove that, whenever she'd build a fire, it would heat the pipe, and the pipe had the hot water heater was attached and. And it just went by siphoning. It, there was no pump in there. Just hot water rose to the top of the storage tank. And yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and do you know? Fire, do you know what material the pipe she was made out of? She kept it going pretty much the whole time. The other thing is, do, um, do you know what I'm material? The, you do you about, know what material the pipe was made of? But I want to get this thing in about uh, biomass. <laughs> I'm a soil scientist and an organic farmer, and I feel like unless we understand the importance of the the Microrhizomes, the the whole biology of the forest depends upon the nutrients being recycled. You know, the, the grandmother trees are no longer here. So keep, we are not. Were you worried about the the lady's reference to taking things out of the forest? Taking things out and just extract, okay. extract, extract them. Well, so you can. It, it, that sees the only value of the the end product of. It's so short-sighted. 150 years from now, what are we going to have? The end product of that biodigester is very, very good compost. In the soils, in the ground, to be able to give nutrients to for the next generations. And if we keep taking all these tens of thousands of trees out, and we're literally watching the desert making of, of, of yeah. uh, California. I sometimes and worry about salmon, that. The salmon are also part of this picture. With the, the forests and the oceans and the streams, it's all interconnected. And I pray to God that we can get our intelligence and our hearts connected somehow to this ecology through um, a Native American perspective, which is 150 years, seven generations would, back and forth. It would help. It would help get the word out there if the conversation were two way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to put in for the for the trees for the future but, and for but, the salmon and the creeks. We can't leave the land. But you wouldn't there. have a conversation about it. Culture is not the way either. Growing trees like like a corn crop, it's not going to work. Eventually, the soil is going to become depleted. And the other thing, what I well, really well, want to talking talk at about talking at people, talking is, um, at people instead of with people is going to be a problem too. So, well, yeah. Well, the whole thing. That, that, that's that's what you're doing right now. The grounds we're in the coastal range. It's not like Santa Rosa or San Jose or anywhere else. This hey, is I got other calls. Forest, and <clears throat> it's like you can't you can't harvest coal unless you've got coal in the mountains. <laughs> you can't grow trees unless you've got trees in the hills. And, and you, and you can't convince other people unless they're part of the conversation. And it means the, the limitations. And hello, caller. You're live on the air. Uh, hey, you're there. This, yeah. This is the Renewable Energy Hour. You want to slow down a bit? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll slow down a little bit. <laughs> so, What's on your mind? Well, I'm thinking about, I heard somebody talking about about the moon, man, and they were talking about the, the theory about the big splat. I mean, how did the moon get there? The, the big thwack. The big thwack, the big they call splat. it. The big thwack. Well, they're a bunch. We got this DVD. But it says uh, a mysteri mysterious spaceship moon, and it says that the uh, if the moon is hollow, it they, they uh, spacemen went up there, astronauts went up there, and they they dropped a couple of things down from 
orbit onto the uh, moon. And the first time it was a small, pretty small object, and it, it, uh, it rang for about 30 minutes. The, the moon rang for about 30 minutes. And then later on, they dropped a much bigger chunk, about 11 tons. And when it hit, it rang for three hours and 20 minutes. I, I, I'm like, terribly confused. Like, what, what does this have to do with renewable energy? With what? Renewable energy. This is the renewable energy hour. Well, I mean, we don't know. It's a, there's all kinds of mysterious things going on. It, yeah. it shows it shows still pictures, but it shows uh, flying saucers hovering above the moon. <laughs> well, you can make you can make pictures it. of whatever you want these days. That's no proof of anything. Um, it's not, it's not, I'm, it's I'm hoping people will call in with renewable energy time. topics, or yeah. call in with a pledge to eight nine five two two three three. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Wow. I wonder, was I not being pranked? Um, 895-2448, if you want to join the conversation on renewable energy. Um, or consider uh, giving us a call uh, at 895-2233 to pledge your support for the radio station. Hopefully this is a renewable energy topic, and we have multiple calls all of a sudden. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Oh, yeah, I'm listening. Sounds like a great show. Are um, you rescuing me? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wanted to just throw a couple of things out there. Um, one is uh, uh, Randy's got a good, good heart. She does. Uh, she does. She, 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 she's got a lot of really good topics. You just want round. Um, Hope we're having a hard time hearing you. Yeah, anyways, um, I wanted to say that I, as a kid, was around that with her mom. Hey, you um, you got to get in just the right position and hold still. You're breaking up. Can you hear me how better now? Uh, a little bit better. Yeah, so anyway, as a kid, I was around that stove that I heard her mom, Barbara Champion, was, that I had going. And uh, it's an absolute delight. And I currently have one in an outdoor kitchen set up. Cool. And I love it. And, do, do, you um, know, do you know what, what metal she used for the pipes inside the stove? You know, I was little then. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to know then. But you know, I, I do. I do know that. Um, you know, often it's it's just a you know just a solid metal pipe. Um, a standard steel pipe. Um, yeah. yeah I, steel I, pipe. I I've heard numerous times people who did it with copper pipe, and it was gone in you know a season and a half. Yeah. No. I think. Uh, I think would be uh, steel pipe would be more. Yeah. And the professional ones I've seen were stainless steel pipes, but but they would last. You know, ten. And I had years. just tuned in earlier, and you said, and I. But my question to you is, do you know? Because um, I'm currently building a house, and um, I have a Class K permit and stuff, and I'm, um, I, I'm wanting to put a um, a wood cook stove in there of one I have. And is that something that is something that that that, that people can do can do of their own of fruition, or because I know there's some regulations with stoves and this and that. Do you know much about that? Well, say it again. What was the issue what was that you're worried about? I'm just wondering in terms of stoves and using them and using them with for passive hot water. Because I heard earlier you say, oh, not really recommended. Well, no, you 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 you'd have a hard time getting through legal permitting without an engineer signing off. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be done. Uh, it just, uh, you know, if you follow all the rules, it gets pretty expensive. Right, I understand. Yeah, but it sure is a nice way to be able to make hot water without having to be plugged into electricity or have propane going, you know. 
seems seems you know for someone like me who has a yeah, surplus it, of, it, of wood, you it, know, it uh, sure makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So. But there's right, an, there's another example though of of uh, of Randy's worry though that we're taking you know all the forest products and burning them in our stoves. Are we redistributing those ashes back into the forest? Yeah, you know it's a it's a, it's a very interesting thing. I mean, I, what I'm making, um, you know, I think it's a little different. Like this is one way I would say I, I work with with trees on a tr- on the tree by tree basis, not log truck by log truck. <laughs> So I was so I have a business in town. I want to mention my name on the business name on the air, but I have a business and and uh, you know I mill tree by tree and 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 deal with those as on that level. So I'm dealing with salvage and downed wood and you know that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. a little different scale. Yeah. I'm not cutting down you know hundreds of thousands of feet of wood and you know it's a different scale. But the stuff that I'm using and burning in my own stoves and this and that is all my flash my my offsets, you yeah, know, your leftovers, my waste. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So I'm cool. Just reusing. Yeah. Well, it definitely can work. Yeah. I just have yeah. to, to toss those legal cautions out there. Yeah, no. And I appreciate that. I, I, I think it's, it's always a balance is to, you know, and it's, you know, it's not a perfect system. It's not a perfect, uh, you know, it's an alternative, not a solution. You know what I mean? Well, I it's part of the solution. The right it could be part of the solution. The, the independence part of it, you know, yeah. being able to yeah. be independent from the electrical grid if you can, or the propane grid, you know. The, or the lead grid. Or what a lead grid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, carry on. Hey, thanks, thanks for the call. Bye-bye. 895-2448, and we just had a couple people waiting too long there who got cut off or gave up. Give us a call back. Uh, in the meantime, I'd like to thank Patricia from Leightonville. Uh, she just called in a pledge, our second one of the show, and there's still some room on that uh, $250 pledge if you want to double your money like Patricia did. Um, and now lines are full, so let's take a, one of the three calls. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Hi there. Um yeah, I just wanted to throw out some comments based on, you know, a lot of the solar water heating discussion tonight. And the the gentleman who is, you know, kind of is working on the first passive flash, wa- you know, solar water heater, mm-hmm. um, as far as his, you know, air-to-liquid exchanger, he rolls around behind his stove, kind of made me think that it's probably worth, for people that do have wood stoves or some type of furnace inside the home, that you know radiates quite a bit of heat to consider doing the opposite of a radiant floor in a sense of a radiant collector that could be built into you know the what's usually the clearance reduction system on the wall where we put up tile or stone or you know various elements to allow us to put the stoves closer to the walls on on the south side of the house or something or oh you're still talking wood stove yeah, you know, generally would be a wood stove that would be radiating such okay. heat or a okay. pellet stove. I thought you might whatever. have been talking solar or something. Um, no, but to, you know, put that on the wall behind the stove or in the corner mm-hmm. to collect that heat and have it totally gapped from the stove and part of the, you know, the water heating system of the home that, you know, in certain instances, you know, that I mean, there could either be an automatic, you know, solenoid control valve or manual control valves to bypass that whole loop 
you know, as long as somebody's backup, you know, water heater can sense the temperature coming in. Mm-hmm. Well, like you know, his, like his Renai does. Yeah, like, you know, the nice new non-condensing units that are super efficient, that's so efficient that they have PVC exhaust stacks, <laughs> you know, and that, and that that type of thing can, you know, because we're doing that with solar now when we overbuild the solar electric that, you know, we're saying, hey, don't get rid of your tank water heater. Let's put that, you know, on a control so that, you know, once your system's getting pretty close to full in the spring, summer, and fall, Let's dump that to the water heater uh-huh. and store some extra uh-huh. power. Yep, that's a you know? that's a common diversion load. Uh, uh, I've done that many a time. That whenever your batteries are full, turn on that uh, electric water heating element. And, and uh, you're talking a a gas water heater? No, the condenser types. Well, that is yeah. it. That yeah, is it would gas. be an on-demand gas water heater okay. and you know effectively moving towards those gas water heaters being more of the backup rather than the standard you know and to, you know use this extra solar to reduce the propane usage mm-hmm. and if somebody's doing some wood heating to gather some of that extra heat put it into and, a preheated tank yeah and, and you can you, know. you don't even need necessarily need solenoids if it's a low enough heat gain you could just do it with thermosiphon to a to an extra storage tank that feeds the existing water heater system right oh thermosiphon i'm gonna have to look that up i'm not i'm not a plumber well no that's just hot water rises so if you take the output at the high end of your heat collector and plumb it to the high end of your storage tank and draw the off the bottom of the storage tank to feed the input at the bottom of the of the heat collector it'll it'll circulate itself without a pump automatically right it's not as efficient as with a pump and sensors, but it's low tech and reliable. Hey, we're right. at the end. Of, we're at the end of the show. We gotta call it off. Thank you, Doug. Have hey, a great one. you too. Thanks for the call. And we have thirty seconds, Renee. <laughs> well, it's not too late to call into the Renewable Energy Hour and help us meet that two hundred and fifty dollar challenge. We're gonna be here for a few minutes, so seven zero seven eight nine five two two three three. I'll leave it to you, Doug, for the last word. And and. Uh, we can have multiple callers because I'm going to be off the air in just a few seconds That's and right. can answer a second phone, 895-2233. Right. Call in and show your support for the show and the radio station.